Well, good morning, everybody. How was everybody today? Good? Good, good. Hey, I'm Scott. I'm so glad you guys are here today for week two of Squad Goals. We kicked off our series last week uh, talking about this topic. And Squad Goals basically is a, a phrase that's become popular over the last couple of years in social media and our culture. And it refers to a group of friends uh, that you would call your squad, that you aspire to do something or become something. And uh, here at the bridge, we would consider everyone that loves the bridge, that considers the bridge their home and loves the people of the bridge, we would consider you part of the bridge squad. And what we said last week is that the bridge squad is basically a group of imperfect people that have been brought together by a perfect God. And he brought us together for a couple of reasons. He brought us together to love the people in our community and to show them this, this radical, transformational kind of love of Jesus Christ, but also to help bridge the gap that people feel between themselves and their Heavenly Father. And so as we've kind of taken on those, those squad goals as a bridge squad to really love our community and to bridge those gaps, it's been amazing to see all the things that God has done. And it's been amazing to me to watch as you guys have actually incorporated uh, those kinds of things into your life and you've lived them out in a very clear and compelling kind of way. And as, as you've done that, and we talked about it a little bit last week, that God has used you in a great way. And we've seen lives change. We've seen uh, families and marriages uh, that have been brought back together. We've seen relationships healed because you've incorporated this whole idea of, I'm not perfect, but God is. And he brought us together so that we could really show his love to this community and really try to bridge those gaps that people feel. And it's just been amazing. And about five and a half years ago, we felt like that God was leading us to uh, do something that none of us had ever done and, and to step out of our comfort zone a little bit and just to follow his leading and start a second campus. And none of our staff had ever started a second campus. We'd never been a part of a, a multi-campus kind of church. And so, but we stepped out believing that's what God wanted us to do. We started a second campus that meets in the Regal Theater on 99. And um, it's just been phenomenal. I mean, over the last five and a half years, just to see the lives that have been changed and uh, our attendance essentially has doubled, more than doubled uh, because of that. And we have seen the baptisms that we have every year. And, and baptism is just a way of reflecting uh, the change that God has made in a person's life. And so we talk about life change. Baptism is one of those clear ways of indicating that. And, and we've seen those each year just quadrupled. Um, it's just a, an indication of how God is using you guys uh, as the bridge squad to really uh, touch and to transform a community. And about two years ago, we felt like God was kind of speaking and saying, hey, it's time to get out of your comfort zone again. And, uh, and so we began thinking about and praying about starting a third campus. Um, and we really felt like we identified where God might be leading. And we, we're, I mentioned this last week, we're talking about starting a third campus in Fulcher. And Fulcher is just west of, of town. And you might ask the question, um, well, why Fulcher? And that's a good question. Um, here's some of the reasons that we, we feel like this. Uh, number one, this is the growth that's projected in, in that area and all, all areas west just about, right? Because Houston just seems to be growing in that direction. And the uh, next five to ten years, just the growth that the, they, they're projecting to experience out there and the, the developments they're pl uh, planning for out there is just amazing. 
Um, but also, we, we looked at the fact that really in that area, there's not a, a church like the bridge uh, that we have uh, found in that area. And so that's another reason. We looked at the growth that the, uh, our campus at the Regal Theater is having. And, and it's just been off the charts. In fact, they've, got, they've run into some space limitations. Uh, Regal has not yet allowed us to have the entire theater. Uh, but uh, if you've ever been to Regal Theater, it's a really a big, big place. And it's divided into two sections um, by the concession stand and all the stuff in the middle. And we pretty much now are meeting in the whole section to the right. So, I mean, we pretty much take up every one of those theaters on Sunday and, um, and, and we're looking to expand to the left, and, you know, pretty soon. But anyway, uh, but, but we're running into space limitations there. And so you take that into account. And we also have some people that are part of the bridge that live out in the Fulcher area already. So all of those things kind of added up to Fulcher looks like where God may be leading us. And so we're really excited about the possibilities. We're excited about um, launching a new campus, and we're looking at Easter of next year, so April 12th, 2020. Uh, we're calling this our 2020 vision, and uh, we're going to be, you know, in the next several months hiring staff and really trying to uh, recruit volunteers, put together a launch team, uh, and implement and execute a launch plan. All of those things you'll be hearing so much more about in the, you know, weeks and months ahead, and, and the opportunities you have to be a part of that. But we're really excited and, and, and the truth is, when I look to the, the future, and I look even the immediate future of Easter coming up in just a few weeks, the question that I keep asking and the question, the prayer that I keep asking is, God, how can we uh, do the best possible job of loving the people that you bring to us? How can we be set up in, in the best possible way to love the people that you're going to bring our way? And so that was kind of what led to the squad goals and us talking about this for three weeks. And each week we're talking about something specific that we as a, as a church can be a part of that would really um, set us up to, to love people the best way. And really, um, as we look further in the future, to set us up um, to do some incredible things that God would have us do uh, in the days and months and years ahead. How can we do this? How can we love this? So last week we talked about uh, generosity. And that we need to be a part of giving generously. And generosity really reflects the heart of who God is. And so we talked about what that looks like and how each person can be a part uh, of giving generously. And today I want to talk about something that every person in this building can actually do and be a part of. It's something that not only would bring purpose and meaning to your life, but it's something that would make an eternal difference in the life of another person. And the truth is, and you may or may not know this, but the truth is you were created to make a difference. You were created specifically to make a difference. You were designed with a purpose. There was intentionality behind uh, creating you. You were not an accident. You were not an afterthought. You're not an appendage or an aberration. You were created, designed with intentionality. And it was to make a difference in this life. In fact, the Apostle Paul, in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, he wrote this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He said, we are God's masterpiece. Did you know that you are God's masterpiece? You are a work of art. You are God's work of art. You might not have ever thought about that, but you are. You're God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God planned in advance for us to do. That, that you were 
thought about. Again, there's intentionality. You, you don't get a masterpiece by just throwing a bunch of parts together and seeing what comes out, right? I mean, God didn't look and say, yeah, yeah, just throw those things together. Let's see what he turns out to be. No, God was intentional in his design of you. You're a masterpiece that God created and then recreated in Christ Jesus. So in other words, if you are a Christ follower, if there's been a time in your life where you surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus to be your Savior, then what the Scripture says is that in that moment, you were created new. That everything about you became new. You, you had a new joy, a new life in Christ, a new attitude, new outlook on life. That God recreated those things in you. That you're brand new. Well, why would He do that? It says you're, a ma- you're His masterpiece, recreated, a brand new in, in Jesus Christ. Why? To do good works that God had planned in advance for you to do. In other words, you were designed and, and you were recreated in Christ to serve other people, to do good works that God had planned long ago for you to be a part of and making a difference in this world. And the reality is, uh, when you look at your life, how we live our lives is so much more important than how long we live our lives. And then we, we always get caught up in how long we're living, right? I mean, I, I'm trying to live, you know, I'm trying to do certain things in my life so I can live longer. I want to make sure I'm around for this and around for that. And, you know, we don't want to die. We don't want to get older. And we don't want to do all these things. We're always talking about how long of a life that we'll live. But the reality is if you live 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, if you live 100 years and you look back over the course of your life and you can't really see where you've made a difference in the life of another person, then you will feel a sense of loss. You will feel a sense like my life was wasted, regardless of all the things you do. If you can't see where you've poured your life into another and you've made a difference in a person's life, you will have a sense of loss. Why? Because you were created to make a difference. You were created with a sense of purpose about your life. We started off the year this year talking about the best year ever and how the best year ever would include a sense of purpose. You living for a purpose that God has given to you. And I'm telling you that part of that purpose will be met in how you serve other people, how you make a difference in the lives of others. Uh, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, and he writes about the same thing in, further on in the New Testament, in 1 Peter. Here's what he says in chapter 4, verse 10. He said, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. He's talking specifically to Christ followers, but he's saying you've been given gifts and abilities and talents. You have past experiences. You have a background that's a part of your life. And all of those things God wants to use in serving other people. You know, we, we, we have a tendency at times to feel like, you know, the verse would read, you know, You've been given all these gifts in order for you to make a lot of money and live large. And and we live our lives that way. But Peter's saying, no, 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 no. Those things were given to you so that you could use them to serve other people. Those things were never given to you just to be consumed by yourself, but but to serve other people 
and to make a difference in the lives of others. He goes on in verse 11, he says this. If anyone speaks, he should do it as, if one, as, as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. He said the, the, the reason you're doing these things, the whole point of what you're doing and taking the gifts and abilities and talents that you have in your life and serving other people, and making a difference in other people's lives is so that at the end of the day, God's name would be praised. The name of Christ would be magnified and honor and praise would, would come back to him. That's the reason you're doing any of these things. And, and, and when you look at the scripture, especially in the New Testament, when a person is using their gifts and abilities and their talents to make a difference in another person's life, and to bring honor and glory back to God, there is a one-word description that's used for what happens when a person does that. And it's called ministry. Ministry. Being a minister. Now, when you hear that, the tendency is do you think a priest or a pastor or something like that, ministry or a minister, that's a priest, that's a pastor. And the second thought you have is, and I ain't in any of that. I don't want to be any of that. Don't even talk about that, right? But the reality is, the New Testament talks about that every one of us who are Christ followers, that when we take, again, the gifts and abilities that God has placed in our lives and we use them in such a way that we serve others in the name of Christ, that we are ministers, that, that because you're a Christ follower, you are a minister, especially when you're using those things uh, in the name of Christ to serve another person. That is ministry. You are a minister. So you can look at the person next to you and say, hey, you're a minister. Go ahead, tell them that. Say, you're a minister. All right, see, now all of you are in the ministry. Welcome to the ministry. Glad you're here, all right? But God uses those things in your life, especially when they're geared in such a way to bring honor and glory back to him, he says that is ministry, and that's what you've been called to be a part of. And the best way to ever utilize those gifts and abilities in the serving of others is as you're connected or plugged into a local church like the bridge, and you're connected with other people, and together you're using those gifts and abilities to have the greatest impact you can possibly have. Why would you even want to do that? You know, so many times you know, people talk about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. They might even talk about how you should do it and how you shouldn't do it. But what and how really never inspire us to do anything. The question of why typically does. Why would I be involved in that? Why would I want to be a part of that? Why would I want to use my gifts and abilities to serve other people? Why would I want to do that connected to a place like the bridge? Why is that even important? And I would tell you the reason it's important and why you would want to do it is because every Sunday, every single Sunday, people walk through the doors of this place, through the, the doors of the Regal Theater, and there is a story that's being played out in their life. And that story may be coming from a bad place, may be coming from a good place, but God is trying to rewrite that story in their heart 
And every Sunday, you and I have a chance to be a part of that. That God can use us as he's writing his story in their heart. He uses us to be a part of that. See, every single Sunday, somebody walks through the doors and they are really, really hurting bad. Maybe they just received some news about a diagnosis and it's not good and they're afraid and they don't know where to turn. They don't know how to, where to find strength, where to find answers. They want to know if God is there. Now they come through the doors and you don't see that because they're smiling and glad to be here. But there's a story going on that's being played out in their heart and in their mind. Every Sunday, somebody's walking through the door and their child is just living in a place of rebellion. And their heart is struggling as a parent. And they're looking for answers. They're looking for hope. They're looking for the strength to keep going. Every Sunday, someone walks through the door, and recently a spouse has left them. Maybe you know about it. Maybe you don't. And they're really, really hurting. Every Sunday, somebody's showing up here brand new. Maybe they were invited. And they're walking through the parking lot, and the questions they have in their mind is, why am I here? What in the world am I doing? I am so nervous about showing up. I don't know what these people are going to be like. I don't know what this place is going to be like. Why am I here? Every week, every Sunday, somebody's showing up. They've just got questions. They've got questions about God. They've got questions about Christianity. And they're afraid to ask those questions out loud. But they are looking for a safe place to be able to investigate the claims of Jesus Christ. And they want to know if this place is that place. Every Sunday, people walk through the doors, and they're just beaten down. Beaten down from all the crap in this world. And they just want to know, is this place real? Can I find the hope I need to go one more day? Every Sunday, there's a story that's being played out. Maybe to the pers- by the, in the person's life next to you. Maybe in the person's life in front of you or behind you. And while you may not know that story, God is in the process of writing his story on their heart and on their life. And he wants to use you and me in that process. Now, see, to me, that's the coolest thing in the world. That God would choose to use me, to use any of us, to rewrite his story on a person's heart in their life. But every week, that's the case. Why would you want to be plugged into a place like the bridge and serve? Because God has given you the opportunity to be on the front lines of writing his story on their life. At the bridge, we feel like if you could utilize your gifts and your abilities and come along beside us and and help us with the plan that we feel like God has given us for our church, that that together we have the potential to make the greatest impact. And there's a couple of components that go with that, okay? Number one, the first component would be to serve. To serve. That, that, you know, what's cool about the bridge is that right now, about 60% of the people who attend on a regular basis are plugged in serving. 
Now, the reason that's cool is because you might have heard the statement before, you know, 20% of people do 80% of the work. And that happens a lot in churches and happens a lot in a lot of volunteer organizations that about 20% of the people are really the ones doing the work. Well, if that were the case at the bridge, we couldn't do what we do. Uh, what we do, the programming of what we do, everything that we're about is so uh, uh, volunteer intensive that if we didn't have at least 60%, and we really need it to be more than that, but if we didn't have at least 60%, we couldn't do the things that we do. And so those of you who are plugged in and serving, I, I, I can never say thank you enough. Because what you do is absolutely amazing every single week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of you who are not yet plugged in, I just want you to understand the opportunity that you have in front of you to, to, to get plugged in and to serve. And, and this is a bet that I will make with you. I will bet you that you will love serving at the bridge. You say, well, what's the bet? Well, I don't know the bet yet, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you're going to love serving at the bridge. You say, well, how do you know I will love serving at the bridge? Well, I know for a few reasons. Number one, you will get to know some of the greatest people you have ever met or known, the ones that you serve beside. I'm, there's some incredible people here that you could get to know just by serving beside them. Also, we try to do, make everything we do fun. So it's going to be fun. There's going to be some fun things that you get to be a part of. And I'd say third is because you're on the front lines of seeing lives change. You know, periodically we'll have people, you know, people get baptized and you will hear their story like in a video. You hear their story of life change and you sit here and you go, man, that's so cool. That's so awesome. Or, or maybe you hear, you know, see another video. You hear somebody else's story of how God has worked in their life and how God has changed their life. You think, that's so cool, that's so awesome. Well, there were people that were on the front lines of seeing those people's lives changed. There were people that were playing a part, playing a role in, in the story that God was writing on their heart. They were plugged in serving. They were on the front line. So when they see those stories up here on the screens or, or they hear somebody's story up here on the stage, they sit back and think, God used me as part of their story. I got to be a part of that. And I'm telling you, every week there's that opportunity. And you get to step in and be on the front lines, the very front lines of seeing lives changed. I think you'd love serving here. And, and, and the truth is, when we talk about serving at the bridge, I want you to understand that when we talk about why to do certain things, we don't just... We don't just do menial tasks, all right? Like in our, in our children's areas, preschool areas called Tiny Town and the elementary age areas called Bridge Kids, we don't babysit. Uh, that, the other, organ, or other organizations have babysitting services. We don't babysit here, okay? Um, we really believe that even as preschoolers, and especially as they begin moving into the children's area, the elementary age, and then up to the students, that, that we have an opportunity to plant some anchors in their heart and in their soul. Things that are just foundational to what they know and understand about who God is and about His Son, Jesus Christ. So that at some point in their life when they get older and they tend to drift a little bit, and I think all of us do at some point, that they won't drift too far because anchors have been set that would draw them back. And you get to be a part of that. The people who serve in our tiny town and bridge kids every week, they're, get, they're getting to be a part of planting some of those anchors 
in the heart and soul of children. That God loves you. God wants to be your friend forever. There's never going to be a day that God turns his back on you. He loves you that much. He created you on purpose. You were designed on purpose. Those things that are getting planted in the heart of a child. And again, at certain ages, they might not even be able to articulate that. But those anchors are getting set. And they will keep their hearts from, from, from drifting too far away. And it will draw them back. And there's so many opportunities right now in both our tiny town and, and in our Bridge Kids area. And there are opportunities for men and women. In fact, I would say there's even more opportunities for men. Because by and large, when you talk about preschoolers and elementary age, that's typically where the men say, you, and that's not me. That's, I'll do something else. You know, can I go build something? You know, that's what we think, right? But, but I'm telling you, there's so many children that are in those areas that need to see what a godly man looks like. They need to have the influence of a godly man in their life. And, and, and maybe, maybe dad's in the picture. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But you can't see, you can't ever see too many godly men, okay? And so they need to see that this is a real man who loves me, but I can tell he loves God. He has a relationship with Jesus. So it's a great opportunity for men. Listen, we have two sons and a daughter, and all three of them, both of our sons, all through their foundational years, you know, through children and, and middle school and high school, they had godly men who were walking in their lives. They were walking beside Trina and me as, their, as our son's parents. And these guys were walking in their lives, and they were saying, and this is what you need as a parent. You need people that are coming along saying the same things that you're saying, that are saying the same values that you're saying. Because when your voice as the parent sounds like to your child, and all of a sudden this person that's walking in their life says the same things that you've been saying, and they come home and say, Mr. So-and-so said this. I think that's a great idea. And you're going, uh -huh. yeah, I know. Been saying it for the last five years. You know, now they've heard it because somebody else was walking in their life that had a great influence in their life. And that's the opportunity that you have in walking in these, in these children's lives. Um, our daughter, she's had, she's had the same godly ladies walking in her life since she was four years old. And the influence that they've built in her life is amazing. And we're so thankful as, as their, her parents. We're so thankful that these ladies are there walking in, in her life. It's the opportunity that you have in front of you. And, and I can tell you this. I've, I've written it down. Because sometimes people will say, well, like specifically, like, like where are some opportunities? Like what, 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 what's going on specifically? Well, if you're asking that, I'm, I'm glad because I've got some specifics. In our tiny town area, there's opportunities for at 9 o'clock, just five liters. Five liters and at 1030 this hour right here, four liters. So that's in our preschool area. There's opportunity there for nine total, but five at nine and, and four during this hour at 1030. In our bridge kids, there's, a, there's opportunity for six liters at nine o'clock and eight liters at 1030. And, and at nine o'clock, there's actually... Um, an opportunity for um, anyone who works with special needs. 
uh, you have any kind of experience working with special needs, that we have, uh, we have opportunities there for that. So um, uh, we would love to get to know you a little bit better and, uh, and see how God might use you in, in those areas. Um, but these are opportunities that are there in front of you right now to get plugged in. And you say, well, so I'm like, I, I, I don't, what if I don't know really what to do? Well, we'll train you. We're not going to throw you in a room with kids and lock the door and say, good luck. <laughs> we love our kids too much for that, right? And we love you too. No, we're going to train you. We're going to help you because we want it to be the best situation for you and for those kids. And so we, we'll, we'll definitely be there to, to equip you and to help you get ready and to make sure we're walking beside you every step of the way. You're never going to be left alone on an island, all right? So we have these opportunities that are there right now for you to get plugged in. Our student ministry, we don't, we, listen, we don't, it's called the scene. We don't chaperone teenagers, okay? We're not just trying to, you know, do some busy things to get them off the street, keep them out of trouble. No, that's not our, our deal, all right? What, what we want to do is help students understand that they have been created in a way that they, they, they're most fulfilled when they pursue this authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And that that's available to them. That God has created and designed them in a specific way to be used to make an impact in this broken world. And that as they, as they grow in their faith, as they, as they even uh, grow and get older and begin moving out of student ministry and go away to college and things like that, that they can trust what Jesus has said about their life as opposed to what the culture might tell them about their life. See, those are things that we're wanting to plant in their hearts and lives. We don't chaperone them. We're trying to plant these anchors in their lives. Our guest services, the people that are, you know, opening doors and hand, passing out the, the handout and the, making the coffee. It's not about, you know... Make sure the coffee's made, you know, right and, you know, not too strong. It's not, it's not about, you know, get the door. It's not about those things. What it's about for them is that they understand that every Sunday, the people that are walking through these doors, they may be coming here for the very first time, and they parked, and they're walking across the parking lot going, this may be the biggest mistake I've ever made, but I need hope. I need answers, and they understand that. And opening a door, handing out a program, speaking to someone, smiling at people, making a cup of coffee, all it does is open their heart maybe to the fact that there's answers here and there's hope. They get it. They understand that. Our media people, the, the technical people that we have, it, it's not about running cables and pushing buttons and changing out sets and things like that. What they understand in working in the, in the media area, in the technical area, they understand that in God's Word, there are priceless truths that are timeless, that span the, 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 you know, the course of time for every generation. But being able to communicate them in a way that is relevant to this generation is important. And so they are key in helping us be able to communicate these truths in very relevant kinds of ways. Our safety team, that's the people walking around in red shirts. You might have seen people walking around in red shirts, and you're thinking, how do you get one of those cool red shirts? Well, you have to be on a safety team. And, and, you know, years ago, we didn't have safety teams. We didn't need to have safety teams years ago. 
But what they understand is that people want to know that they're safe in a not-so-safe world when they gather together and talk about the radical transformational love of Jesus Christ. That you want to feel safe in doing that. And they're here to, to be a part of that and to help you feel safe. The worship people, the worship arts, it's not about being able to play an instrument and sing a song well. They understand that sometimes people need this gap that gets bridged. You know, they're showing up, man, and they're like, I've not ever been to church, or it's been a long time since I've been to church, and I don't even know, like, all the things church people do, and all of a sudden they show up here, and maybe they hear a song that they just heard on the radio. What does that do for them? Nothing except maybe help them feel relaxed, maybe help them go, oh, well, maybe they're not as weird as I thought, and that may be all it does for them. They also know that music is a way to bridge people's hearts to God. Music has a way that leads us to a place of, of worshiping God. And so they, they, they understand that as well as they're leading out. See, see, there's all these things that are part of the why we do these things. And every week, people are involved in really helping God, using them to help write the story that he's writing on the lives of people that are showing up here every single week. And you can be a part of that by serving. And the second part of that, or component of that, is succession. Succession, we serve, and then we talk about succession. Because, you know, Jesus implemented this. He, he, he really exemplified this in his ministry. You see, Jesus, <clears throat> when you read the Gospels, for Jesus, it, 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 uh, the principle was that ministry, the, the things that he was doing, it wasn't about success as much as it was about succession. See, for Jesus, it, it wasn't just about a, a sermon well preached or a miracle well performed or any kind of thing like that. It was always about, am I bringing people along with me so that when I'm off the scene, they can take the mantle and go? You, you, you rarely, if ever, find a place in the Gospels where Jesus performs any kind of ministry for someone that he's by himself. His disciples were always with him. And when he would do something, he would likely pull them off to the side and say, here's the reason I did this. Here's the reason I said this. What was he doing? He was training them. He was helping them get ready, equipping them for when he was no longer going to be on the scene. So that they would be ready, ready to take the mantle and run with it. And that's exactly what happened in the start of the New Testament church. And if Jesus had not been doing that, if he had not had a view that success really is about succession, then they would not have taken over and taken the mantle and run with it. And we likely wouldn't be here today. But Jesus understood it's about pouring my life into the, another person. Not just doing my job well, but pouring my life into another person so they then can come along beside me and at some point do my job. See, at the bridge, it, it, success for us is not, it's not about just doing things well. It's not about a sermon well preached, not about a song well sung, or a diaper well changed, or coffee well brewed, or handout well handed out. Or, you know, it's not about those things, even though we want to do things with excellence. It's not about those things. It truly is about who am I bringing along that I can hand off ministry to. See, see, we really, at the bridge, we really view success as reproduce 
or replace. Reproduce or replace. I'm trying to reproduce myself and someone else, or I'm trying to replace myself with someone else. Who am I bringing along beside me? Now, the question or, or the objections, you know, people say, well, I'm not an expert. You know, I'm, I'm passing along stuff to someone else like I'm some kind of expert. Listen, you, you've never been responsible or you will never be held responsible for knowing everything. I have a doctrine in theology. I hope you never hold me responsible for knowing everything in the Bible. If you do, then you're going to be disappointed and I'm going to be a failure, okay? It, it, I, you're not responsible for knowing everything. Here's where you're responsible. You're responsible for taking what little you do know and pouring it into the life of another person. That's what you're responsible for. You say, I only know like a thimble full. Okay, pour that thimble into somebody else. You don't have to be an expert to share what you know. And the other objection is, well, if I'm replacing myself, then what am I going to be doing? And I can't speak for every church everywhere, but I can speak for the bridge. If you're consistently reproducing or replacing yourself, you will always have a place. You will always have the opportunity and a place to serve because we have to continue to reproduce and replace. There's no way to possibly start a third campus if we're not constantly reproducing and replacing ourselves. We're not constantly bringing people along beside us. There's no way to expand the impact of the bridge if we're not constantly doing that. You can't be in more than one place at a time. But if you're bringing people along that you can replace yourself with or reproduce yourself to them, then they can be in another place. And the impact and the difference is made. And you know what else it does? It, it bridges a generation gap. It bridges a generation gap because I know the churches that I grew up in, it's like I knew, I knew what door certain people were going to be at from the time I was a kid to the time I was in college. They were the same person at the same door doing the same thing or whatever the ministry was, they were always that same person doing the same thing. And then you used to think, well, that's that's dedication that's commitment that's awesome well yeah until they die and then there's nobody to replace them because they viewed their role as simply doing this task well and 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 i've been a part of places i've been a part of churches where they say where are all the young couples where, where are all the teenagers it's like we're getting older and older and there's nobody here and more times than not, it's because we failed to give ministry away. We thought it was our responsibility to hang on to it, and we didn't give it away. And so these generations are finding places to go where they can be a part of a ministry. They can be a part of serving other people. In fact, statistics tell us that, that when teenagers graduate from high school, how you know if they're going to stay plugged in to a church in college there's a greater percentage chance that they will stay plugged into the things of God into a church and college if they have been plugged in serving while they've been in high school and middle school. That's the single, you know, indicator. Not how much they know. Not how many, you know, verses they can quote. But whether or not they were plugged in serving. Because there's something about serving that says, I'm bought in. And as they serve and as they give their life away, they see what God does through them, how he writes and rewrites stories on people's hearts through their service. And they have a higher percentage chance of staying plugged into the things of God and to a church as they move away. We've got to be giving away ministry. 
We've got to be bringing people along beside us to succeed us. What am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to plug in and to serve. And, and if, if you're already doing that, again, I, I've, I've run out of ways to tell you how thankful I am. My, my words will never suffice. I'm so grateful. You do an amazing job every single week. And if you're not plugged in serving, I just want you to see the opportunity that's in front of you. How God created you and designed you to make a difference in this world. And as you plug in with other people, the impact that God can use you to have is just exponential. You say, well, how do I get plugged in? Well, I'm glad you're asking. There's a couple of different ways. Um, one, if you don't really know, like, I don't really know where I would plug in. I have some thoughts and maybe some questions. How do I get, like, a behind-the-scenes tour? Well, we have that, and we call it our next step or volunteer, and we do it every second Sunday of the month. So on April 14th, we have a volunteer or a next step coming up. So if you've got the handout that you got today when you, when you came in, on the inside there's a communication card. It's a tear-off card. On there, there's a place for you to check next step, volunteer. If you check that, then on April 14th, there will be a volunteer that happens at 9 o'clock and one at 1030. You say, what's going to happen during that time? It'll be a guided tour behind the scenes of every ministry that we have going on on Sundays. And so you get to see what's going on. You get to hear from people in those areas. You get to ask questions about those, those, those areas. And you get to see firsthand where you could possibly plug in and serve. And sometimes you need to see that. Me talking about it is one thing, but you've been able to see it with your eyes. That, that's where it really, now you know. And so I would encourage you, next step, volunteer, sign up for that, go on the tour, either at 9 o'clock or 1030 on April 14th. But we need you to sign up, RSVP, we need to know how many we're expecting, okay? And if all of you signed up, then I'd be in here by myself. So, uh, but if we need to do that, that's great. I, I'm willing to do that. Um, the other way, you might say, well, our, I don't really need to do the behind-the-scenes thing because I, I, I kind of know where I'm best gifted or where my experiences really kind of lend themselves. And I kind of know where I need to be plugged in. How do I go about doing that? Well, you can go to our, our website, thebridge.me slash serve. So thebridge.me slash serve. You'll have this page that comes up. Uh, about serving on a dream team, make a difference in people's life, and you see two campuses, Sugarland and Regal. You would choose the Sugarland campus, okay? And when you go there, there's a, uh, just a, a page where you can type in your information, and there, there's a place where you can check which area that you feel like you'd be best serving in. And when you check that, when you go there and fill that out and check that, someone will be in contact with you to get you lined out and let you know how that happens and all the things that you would need to know. There's also a tab on there for you to check serving on Easter. Um, on Easter, we're going to have two services at 9 and 1030. And if you've, if you've not ever plugged in and, and served, Easter is a fun time to do that. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of people here, and there's going to be a bunch of kids here. And we've got stuff that we'll be doing outside. And I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun. Um, and you can sign up and just get your feet wet 
on Easter. And uh, so there's a little tab there you can mark, uh, serve on Easter. And uh, we'll get you plugged in doing that as well. And you can see a huge difference that you make on that particular day. So that's the way you get plugged in and serve. And I'm asking you to, to do that. Now, if you're already serving, again, thank you. But what I want you thinking about is, who am I bringing along beside me? I want you constantly thinking, who am I bringing along? Who am I bringing along? And identify some people that you can help train, that you can replace yourself or reproduce yourself. Because it's about succession. Every person that comes through the door has a story that's going. The real is going in their mind, in their heart. And God is wanting to write his story on their heart. And he wants to use you and he wants to use me as a part of that. And you were created to make a difference. So I'm asking you to plug in, make a difference. Let God use you. Let me pray for us, okay?